there's things that you can do that set yourself up today for future opportunities. Absolutely. And it's a matter of just talking to brokers and, you know, to people to find out what opportunities are there really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Going one, going quiet, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart Marketplace. I'm your host, Aaron Horn, and it gives me great pleasure to be here in my footy colours, as you can tell. You look really good, mate. Footy edition. Footy edition, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm here with the boys. You'll see that uh, me and J-Mac are proudly wearing the red and black sash, and then Pat over there is uh, in his blue and yellow Eagles colours. We sit firmly at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it before. We've, but <laughs> our teams have not played in quite some time. Colours. And the best theme song. I was um, going through all my different teams just outside of football as well, and I realised all of them sucked. Ah. <laughs> so I was like, nope, can't wear that. No, can't nope, wear next, that. Next, next, next. Well, I've been watching the. I know you've been watching it too, this Welcome to Wrexham show with yeah. um, Ryan Reynolds and, and Matthew Henry. They suck as well, but I'm Wrexham through and through. So, <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, do I go my F1 clothes? No, Ricardo sucks at that, so there's no point putting that on. It's, just, it's like you're going through the box, throwing it over your shoulder. <laughs> I just can't pick a team this year. Look, I will say in, um, in podcast world with with friends of the pod i was cheering on the lions on um friday night to be like come on let's get simon's team into the yeah, big dance 100 cheering him on mainly because our committee's been ah yeah. every week he's flown to the game wherever it was <laughs> mate that guy loves his lions just as much as he loves property he's a he's a go-getter well i know laurie um speaking of teams or wherever he goes for colton but um he's um, wife Helen made him wear the Sydney jersey this morning. <laughs> I did see yeah. him decked out in Sydney, which made me laugh. Well, he said, "Happy wife, happy life." I, d- I don't. I think he's using that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, so I lucked out. Me and Sarah, yeah. we um, we both go for the bombers, so we hit on that. What happens if the boy chooses a different direction, mate? Ah, <sighs> uh, we've talked about this. He'll mm. follow my lead and brainwash his child. That's <laughs> the Pat, only option. Uncle Pat. <laughs> Pat. Pat told Parker that. What, what, do you want to go for Collingwood for a day or yeah, something? Yeah, it was about a day you wanted to go for Collingwood, and I was yeah. like, no one lives in my house that goes for any team <laughs> yeah. but West Coast, yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you're going to do that, doghouse well, is he, outside. No, he, he's the stick with that little, you know, red and white little um, thing that they, they toe on the end of it. You know when you see those kids in the cartoons and they're walking away as if they're leaving the house? They've got the stick Oh, yeah, like their little yeah. hamper. That's it. You've, got, you've, you've already prepped one with Parker with black and white <laughs> on it, so every time he talks about it, it's just like, mate... Well, is this the direction you want to go? I was working in the theatre. If you want to go for Collingwood, you may as well live outside. <laughs> oh, that was a bit harsh. Bam! Don't mind that. Don't mind that. Um, all right. Well, we've got to talk real estate. I know we're excited about footy and the grand yeah. final. Who do we think is going to win? We'll just throw it out there. Can our we predictions. Start who's playing? Who's playing? <laughs> you, just, you don't know. Who's the other team? Geelong. Well, this, didn't um, didn't Buddy say he's going to give it one more season after this one too? So. Buddy's happily signed on to Sydney for one more year, so a mm. nice um, grand final week sign-on is always good to show a sign of confidence that they're going yeah, in to, yeah. to gonna, win. I'm going to put it on Sydney this time round, see what happens. Oh, Sydney's my mum's team, so I suppose I better support them. There you go. Well, I better go for Geelong, just because yeah. uh, we yeah, need someone, yeah, someone to go there. Next, yeah. yeah. next week, I just want to be like, whoop, whoop, yeah, yeah, I yeah. called it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so footy, that's all that. That's why we're in these colours. But um, we want to talk investment again. We just kind of uh, – I, I mentioned in a, in a previous episode that I, I recorded your investment seminar, um, which we were going to pass along to some people that wanted to find out a bit more about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> well, we were trying, eh? We were trying. Yeah, look, there was we, the first crack at it. We'll, we'll, we'll master it next we time. We will. Look, it, like we said, the, the podcast started lean and, and mean, and now we're in here. So we'll, yeah. we'll work on that for the next, next seminar and, and put a bit more preparation into – uh, preparing, but I thought we could cover off on, on a few of the points that were in your presentation, mm. just a bit more in depth. We kind of talked about the experience of um, how it all went, but yeah, I thought we could go into kind of your, your five key 
um, attributes or things yeah. that came out of the um, in the investment seminar. So do you want to kind of start us off, J-Mac, with um, what are we going to go, knowing your numbers? Is that what we're going to yeah, hit was, off first? And we, obviously, we, we summarised it, so there was some tangible takeaways that people could do, you know deep dive into later. But, I mean, the problem with, with too much information is you end up in analysis paralysis and you don't actually do anything about it. Um, so we summarised that, you know, our focus was for five things you could, you know, do tomorrow yep. um, that puts you in you know, on which direction to go. So the, the five were know your numbers, um, do some property health checks, um, get access to cash, talk to someone about your structure and, you know, um, should you buy and sell what to do. So the first one was, you know, if you're in your position now, especially with interest rates rising, um, the first thing is really understand with your portfolio is that how is that going to have an effect? And that's understanding, you know, having a deeper understanding of your numbers rather than just casually going, money's coming in, money's going out. Yep. Um, and then with that said, is that when you when you're understanding your numbers, if you if you're owning a property at the minute. Um, well, okay, the interest rates will have an effect if you've got a mortgage. So how does that uh, you know, affect your return month in, month out? Um, so what we're talking about with return is that's your yield. So gross yield, which um, is um, talking about if you're the annual rent um, divided by the purchase price, that's your gross yield. But then the next one is your net yield, which is after you've taken out all your expenses, that's what you get paid in your pocket. Okay, yep, sure. Um, so where we said if you know if you're analysing a price, well, your purchase price will have an effect on your gross. So when it comes to you know calculating your um, your gross or your net yield, well, then of course maintenance costs can be potentially going up. How what, you know what's your agent fees like? Um, what's the maintenance that needs to be attended to your property? Um, and you know, lastly as well, you know. You know, moving forward, is that with your existing investment property, what's the growth potential? Because if you've even with the one that me and my partner have at the moment, um, the, with the with the unit, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually thinking about: do we keep it? Do we move it on? We'll, we'll keep it because um, we've oh, got spoiler no, alert. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, because unfortunately, it is my decision because you know her family's moving into it. Um, but in many ways, uh, it, I could I, I absolutely make the case that financially, it's probably a better move for us to move that capital out of that property. Um, because it is negatively geared and, um, you know, they're not going to be paying market rent. So for investment pers- perspective, it's not we're not doing it as a numbers play. It's really just almost subsidising family to go into that property, right? Yep. So, um, so, so you're saying the key thing when we talk about yield, I guess, is to make sure it stacks up against other properties in the same area. Yeah, good yep. point. Excellent. So, like, mm. you know, you can look on realestate.com or our website or any of the other 50 data websites out there, mm. and you can actually see Glenorchy, what its average rental yield is. Yep. And that number, you want to see if you are above that or below that or or how far apart from it. Mate, that's a good point. And for two reasons. Um, we, you know, there is a time where at the moment we're seeing we're needing to do price adjustments for, for our rentals now as well. Um, and that can be as, you know, more competition comes to the market or um, tenants aren't moving sideways. So, and the other thing too is it, it's really good for people, um, you know, I think the majority of our clients actually want to look after the tenants and they're not sitting there trying to get squeeze every dollar out of their property. They like to know, well, they've been a good tenant, we want to give back to them. But sometimes too, if you haven't had, a, you know, a price increase over a long, long period of time, you the difference between the market value and the and the actual rental price is way, way, way too far away. So if all of a sudden you do a jump of a hundred bucks a week, um, that's a huge difference. And the, the current tenant may may not be able to afford it, and it may be really hard to argue that case if you're trying to keep that tenant in there. Mm. Another flip side to not keeping up with market value as well is if, you know, your circumstances change and you do need to sell mm. and it's not at market value, it makes it harder for another investor to decide this is a good property for me to consider buying. That's it. And the other thing when it comes to knowing your numbers is actually your timeframes. Understand and remember where your lease is actually ending. 
Um, you know, we've, we've got a client at the moment who wants to move off one or two of his properties. Uh, and I said, well, look, we'd been doing updates constantly in the year prior. He's like, no, no, it's fine, no, no, it's fine. And so then he signs on a 14-month lease and says, now I want to sell it. And like, mate, like, no, it's not, we can't get your market value. So he should have come and spoke to you before re-signing the lease just to be like, is this a good move or not? Like, if he's got someone like yourself in his corner, mm. would have made sense to be like, I'll provide you this piece of advice. This is not the move that I would make. That's on the exactly chest right. Price. Yeah, if this is what you're intending to do, yeah. we can't make those changes. So, I think in that sense, he, he, you know, from his perspective, he was more so just looking at, well, how much is the house worth? Who cares what's going on elsewhere? He's just he he's he's had his capital growth now. Yep. Unfortunately, is it now the way it's positioned? Is that we're going to lose a lot of market value if we're going to sell it because it's you know under market in terms of its rental price, um, and also to the lease is fourteen months for you know for the with the in the position too. So um, the buyer for that is... Is a much smaller pool of buyer than someone that's only going to an investor, not to someone that wants to be an owner-occupier, et cetera. All this yield stuff we're kind of going over. I know your next point here is about a property health check. I feel like we're kind of angling towards that. Can you kind of explain what you mean by like get a property health check? It sounds like this guy, if he'd have got a property health check before signing this lease... Yeah. Might be helpful. Well, the ironic, ironically too, is that I was providing it for him as part of our investor service. Um, now, the way I look at it, a health check is that you're assessing your current market value for sale. And then secondly too, is that what could be done to increase both the value from a rental and selling perspective, uh, which is, you know, essential maintenance items or even work that could enhance its value. Mm. Um, so that's really all, that's, what, that's as simple as that um, because... Then so with the property health check, the person can understand how much equity they've got available should they move that asset on. And what advantages there are to, you know, renovating the kitchen versus not renovating the kitchen. That's exactly Because, right. you yeah. know, if they've owned the investment property for a few years, they've probably got the opportunity to claim a lot of that back through tax write-offs. So yeah. it may be better for them to renovate the kitchen before selling the property mm-hmm. because then they can get that money back plus get a better sale result at the end of it, potentially. That's it. And because even with those health checks, we're going to be talking about timing. So if their leases are you know, running during this time, okay, when they're looking to sell next year, maybe we you know, offer the tenant a 14-month lease because you know you're going to be wanting to sell in next summer. Um, ah, so making sure you hit the vacant property at the best time of year. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be hitting middle of December and then having that Christmas New Year period where you can't do anything with the property. 100%. Yeah. Um, and so there's so many points that we can cover off to help you know fit with that person's strategy. Yep. Um, and that's the beauty of a property health check. And that goes for both investors and homeowners. Because if you've got, you mean, always, generally speaking, if you have an investment, you've probably got a primary residence. But even if you don't have a, um, an investment and you're living in your own home and you haven't had that advice and an update for a while, especially as market changes, like we've been nothing but it always goes up. So we're seeing a transition market now. Still is a good time. What does that actually physically mean? Oh, you're hearing all the news. How does that actually bear out if you were to list your property for sale today? And how does that affect you moving sideways? You've also got the option as well is that if you don't own investment properties, getting a health check on your own place, you might unlock capital value you didn't know you had. That's it. That allows you to buy your first investment property. It's that foot in the door to be able to to get into the investment marketplace. Okay, so is this like trying to like unlock how much cash is available to yourself? So like you can find out where you sit. So So say when I purchased my property, it was worth so much, but the equity that I've built in it. Yeah, so a, a great way to explain that is like, you know, I think, you know, you bought in and you owned 20% of the house and the bank owned 80% of the house. Now, you may have only paid back 5%, for instance, or even less because the interest is obviously quite high in those early years. Yep. But what's happened is, in, since you bought it, Aaron, the value of the property's increased. 
So all of a sudden, you no longer just have 20% ownership of the property because it's increased in value without you paying much back. You now own, say, 40% yep. of the property mm, and the sure. bank only owns 60%. Mm. Even though on paper it looks like you haven't made any dent at all in your mortgage, you've unlocked capital that you could potentially refinance against yep. to go buy that next property. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like your third point here with how much cash can you get access to. This is where we're kind yep. of leading down. By by having the property health check, you've kind of you can you're find out. It. Yeah, you've, now you've, yeah, you can understand the, you know, you've unlocked your potential you could say. Yep. And obviously now this is about really f- revisiting your bank and physically getting access to that cash. Mm. Um, and cash is nothing but opportunity, you know, potential for opportunity because you may not do anything and you're happy with it. That's great. But all of a sudden is that if that if that money's available and a new opportunity presents itself, well, then you're ready to jump on it. Yep. R- rather than, hey, oh, look, I'm always on the market. Oh, look, we've, we've got a great example for you. Yeah, but I've just got to go speak to my bank now. Mm. No, and no, no, you're, ten to, you're two steps ahead of the game. And, you know, if you're serious about, you know, trying to get into the marketplace, you know, banks have options like offset accounts where you can actually draw that equity down and have yep. it sitting there so it doesn't cause you interest. Mm. But it means that you've got that there to jump on a property with a deposit. Yep. Like there's... There's things that you can do that set yourself up today for uh, future opportunities. Absolutely. And it's a matter of just talking to brokers and, you know, to people to find out what opportunities are there really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so I think, um, and I guess the the next one I had then was the idea about understanding if you are going to be buying and moving into your next one, is it understand the structure that you're going to need to and actually have a consideration about your will. Even as us as young, you know, we're still, you know, we're still young blokes, we need to have these, we need to understand what that looks like for our future generations and their legacy. So it really is, if you haven't done it and you haven't updated those things, um, you know, sort your will out. I reckon for a lot of our kids it would be debt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which, is great, which is great. Good news. Um, but, and then also too, does that mean you need to take out your insurance policies and all that kind of stuff? So they're your legacy sort of um, items. I mean, the other thing with the structure too is that um, sometimes people might give you advice, do you need to buy through a trust or a company? There are other bigger questions as well. But um, when we're looking at in terms of structure, we're looking at your legacy. So your insurances, your, um, uh, your, your wills and that kind of stuff. So, so basically what you're saying is, is that make sure that if you go down this path of getting heavily into investment, um, you know, if something was to happen to you tomorrow, what happens? You've, you've yep. got a plan B, so you're not leaving your family yep. in the lurch. What's the exit strategy yeah. if your family gets lumped with that responsibility? Yeah. And that's what it's really about, for sure. Mm. So, I mean, that in, in number point five is that, well, if you are actually looking to buy and sell, well, you know, which, which, part, which path do you go down now? So, I mean, when we talked about to the investors, is that, you know, when it comes to the strategy that they're developing, you don't have to buy your, your, the, the house in the same neighbourhood. Yep. You, that's where we've got Simon Presley on the podcast, for example, where someone like him can help you invest right across Australia if your strategy doesn't map Hobart. And one of the young couples that came up to us is that said, said well, we want um, yield and a bunch of other elements. And I said, well, realistically... Hobart's not for you. <laughs> this isn't the market for your for what you want right now. And they were sort of... You could see their their gears turning, thinking, well, maybe we can think differently Yep. Um, and we that, put them in touch with the right people. And that's really hard, though, because a lot of people still feel today that they need to go inspect the property in person. It needs mm. to be where they live so that they can do a drive-by pass and check on it yep. or know that it's at arm's reach. And choosing to have an investment property, you know, on the other side of Australia in a remote country town yeah. might freak people out. But yeah, if that's absolutely. where the best value is to make money, that's where you, that's go. Where you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other one too that they ask, well, when should we be selling it? And as is always the case for investment, my question for my clients is, well, what are you going to be doing with that money? 
um, because the I know I've told the story about my friend who you know, we convinced him not to sell because there was he was going to get taxed to buggery and yep. he would lose all the capital out of his house that he had a, he he could draw against. So we went through this process with him. So is it don't rush to sell because it was a another friend of mine. He he sort of um, he, he sold, sold with another agent. But when I caught up with him um, later, he's oh man, he I'm, wasn't much of a friend. No, exactly right. Because <laughs> because um, in the end, but he got the wrong advice. He worked with someone who wanted the paycheck and not looking out for his future. Because he went, I lost like hundred and fifty grand on in tax. And he's like, mate, you should just kept in your property. He's like, I oh, know. And he's like, well, you know, in the end, he, he was he, he was working with the wrong people with, and they had the wrong incentive for him. Yeah. You know, so I suppose for us, when we're trying to provide that advice, is we're asking, well, look, what's the best for you both today and ten years from now. Um, and that might, from my advice, might be not financially beneficial for me because we don't get a house to sell, but that's fine because it's certainly meant a better opportunity for the pe- people that we're providing advice for. Yeah, 100%. So, and that's the thing when you are looking to buy or sell, I mean, it is good always to revisit a person who you can, you know, trust their advice and actually work with the strategy that you're hoping to achieve, not just trying to, you know, sell their, their, their own personal interests. I think you've got here, sell if you have a good reason, not reactionary. Like, don't That's just it. react to, oh, on a whim today, I've decided it's time to sell. Again, well, get good. your property health techs and these things up. Well, and, that, and, that's, and that's right, because if you are reactionary, well, you're not thinking, you know, you're not, you're not future focused, you're now focused. Mm. Um, and I suppose the last point, if we are looking to buy, well, there's always, an, I mean, <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the emails we got back after we just did a health check for one of our clients said, well, um, I might, thanks for that because I reckon we'll be, um, we might be looking to buy again when there's blood in the water. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's just, at his point, well, if there's, you know, if he's thinking there's going to be great opportunities, like, now I'm in, you know, um, fine. You know, it's a bit of a joke, but, you know, yep. that's the way he works. Um, and that, was, that last point was to say, we'll buy if the numbers stack up, but with some contingencies in mind. So don't buy reactionary either. You know, so that's where if you're buying investment property, if the numbers stack up, you go for it. Mm. Um, and that allows for you to maintenance contingencies, your interest rate contingencies, all that kind of stuff. So um, it's it was really fun when we, you know, at the end of that, wrapping those five points up for our clients. Because um, if you follow that strategy, that's wash, rinse, repeat every 12 months. Yep. You know, every 12 months, you just go over your portfolio and, you, um, and you'll always be one step ahead of the game. Yeah, awesome. No, that's actually really handy and it's kind of yeah, nice to have it succinctly wrapped up in, in a little bundle which we can yeah pass along to, to anybody that needs to know and to our property pod listeners. So, mm. yeah, thanks for going over that, John, and, and popping that together. Mm. Um, anything else we want to add before the end of the pod today? I'm just interested to know what Bomber's plan, um, legacy plan is so we can actually care about footy. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Do you reckon Herdy's coming back? They're, they're rebuilding, John. Yeah, yeah rebuilding. <laughs> that's a buzzword. That's, that's, that's the only way. It's the only way. <laughs> no, it's just Some teams rebuild for a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> North Melbourne. Exactly. Uh, they, look, Sean will say that they're coming good again next year. So. He said that every year. Yeah, they're rebuilding. <laughs> well, boys, good luck with AFL Grand Final this weekend, everyone out there playing. Um, and, yes, Footy Colours Day is always a bit of fun in the office. Thanks for covering off on that, J-Mac. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week with uh, even more Property Pod. Thanks, Thank guys. you very much. Cool. Bye. See you have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. 
No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.